God, we thank you for this passage of scripture. We pray that you would give us wisdom as we reflect upon your word. And we pray that your spirit would be present among us. In Christ's name, amen. Uh, Before I start, I just want to say uh, something, and that is that I didn't have to pick this passage. Uh, I chose to, uh, um, to look at all of Ephesians. And I went through, and, and I, there's all kinds of passages in Ephesians that are just beautiful passages. There's a, a wonderful thing about uh, spiritual warfare that would have been really interesting. Uh, the first couple of chapters of Ephesians are some of the most beautiful, uh, worshipful passages that you'll find in the Bible. And yet, I decided to go with wives submit to your husband. If I was a smart pastor, I wouldn't have done that. But I'm not, and so I am. And that's what we're going to be taking a look at. And actually, the reason why I picked it is I felt that this was a passage that uh, one that, that pastors would very, very much want to avoid because it has caused so many problems in so many different ways. And I thought that's a good reason for us to actually look at it. And I believe that there is something here for us. Uh, I understand that not everyone here is uh, is married, and uh, and that's okay because I guess I really believe that there is an important message here for all of us, no matter uh, what our family life might look like. So uh, the reason I wanted to look at this is uh, I'm very aware that there are uh, many Christians, especially conservative Christians who put a lot of emphasis in preaching what's called family values. Now, uh, that idea of family values uh, can be kind of vague because no one's going to actually say that their values are, are unfamily values, right? Like, no one's going to say that. Any Anyone you ask, no matter what interpretation or perspective, they're going to say that they have family values. But there are certain Christians that have uh, have made a point of... of uh, uh, creating a platform in which they can promote what they call family values. And uh, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. The problem is that things have come to light that some of the people who are promoting family values have not necessarily been living out those values in their life. And so we hear stories of uh, how uh, Christian leaders uh, may have uh, gone out and and sought a uh, public spotlight to proclaim a a certain message, but when they came home, were not necessarily living out those values with in their marriage or their uh, the rest of their family at all. And there have been times that the church has protected them in those abuses uh, in uh, for the sake of uh, promoting this this concept of what a married life would look like. And there's been a number of denominations that have gotten in trouble uh, when it's come out that uh, the church leadership has protected certain people from doing things based on what they believe the concept of a biblical family looks like. And so that's what we're going uh, to take a look at. We're going to look at what this passage is about. And so uh, the Bible is definitely not silent when it comes to what family looks like or uh, what uh, a marriage relationship looks like. There are certain issues 
that when we look at it, we have to dig deep and try to find out what the principles are. So if we want to understand uh, a Christian response to technology today, uh, you're going to have a hard time looking in your concordance for the internet uh, in the Bible. You're just not going to find it. So you're going to have to look for the principles that are behind it. But when it comes to uh, marriage, there is so much that deals directly with it in the Bible. And that includes the passage that uh, that was read for us, and including the verse of wives submit to your husband. Unfortunately, that verse has been uh, misunderstood and misinterpreted and used in unhealthy ways. There are some people who have looked at that verse and said, what Paul is saying is that the husband can act in any way that they want, uh, they can be as harsh with their wife as, as they desire, and the wife needs to get used to saying, yes, dear. There are some people who really believe that that is what Paul is saying, and that is not what Paul is saying. Now, that might be uh, a pretty uh, radical uh, look at, at how some people look at that verse, but it is common for people to misinterpret it. Uh, Amanda and I knew a couple uh, when they were uh, just dating, and we remember uh, talking to them, and they knew that eventually they were going to get married, and they, they did get married. Uh, but even in their dating relationship, they wanted to make sure that they had a, a biblical relationship. And so they looked at this verse, and the way they interpreted it is that the boyfriend would always have the choice as to what movie they went to and what restaurant they went to, and it was up to the girlfriend to submit to his choices because they wanted to live what they understood to be a biblical relationship. Now, they're married now, and as far as I know, they're not living like that. But in their young teenage uh, mind of trying to live out a biblical relationship, they understood it as the girl always giving in to the desires of the man. That's how they understood it. And that is not what this passage is about. We could ask, in our modern day, is the Bible even helpful for us to understand what relationships look like? And I'd say, yes, it is helpful as long as we interpret it properly. So that's what we're going to take a look at. So the first thing that I want to comment before we get too much into this is to look at where our modern Bibles place uh, Ephesians 5.21. Ephesians 5.21 says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And uh, in the original, uh, in our the original letter to Ephesians, there, not only are there no chapters uh, or verses, there's no paragraphs, okay? Because you'll notice in... In our modern Bibles, there'll be sections uh, in which uh, passages are found in, and there'll be a little subtitle as well. And that is some modern person trying to figure out where things belong. And say, this is a thought section, this is talking about one thing, and then once we get to the next section, we're talking about something totally different. What you'll find in many Bibles, and if you have a, a whole bunch of Bibles at home, it's worth pulling them out and taking a look at what they do. Because some of them will put chat, uh, verse 21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, in the previous section. And it's separated by a break and a subtitle from everything that talk, is talked about uh, afterwards. And some of them will put that verse with the teaching that Paul gives about marriage relationships. 
And that is significant because for those who put it before, in the section before, what they're saying is, yes, Paul talks about mutual submission, but get that out of your mind before we start talking about uh, marriage relationships because we're on a totally different subject. Maybe submission is still there, but we're, we're, you're not to look at mutual submission in the context of, of uh, marriage relationships. For those who do include it in the section on marriage relationships, what they're doing is sending a message to you saying, okay, we're going to look at what it means for wives to submit to their husbands, but we want you to be thinking about what Paul has just said about Christians submitting one to another. And I will say that I am very confident that Paul meant for us to interpret wives submitting to your husbands in the context of what he previously said of Christians submit to one another. How can I be so confident? I am very confident because when you look at this in the Greek, which most of you have no interest in doing, but you'll find this interesting, I think. In that verse, wives submit to your husbands. Do you know that in the Greek, the word for submit does not appear? It does not appear at all. It is borrowed from verse 21 that the translators can tell that he's just been talking about submission. And so submission, uh, when it's mentioned in verse 21, plays double duty and it's brought over to verse 22. But in the Greek, it's never mentioned. And so that tells us that when Paul is talking about this, he is talking specifically within the context of mutual submission. That this is not a, a situation in which uh, women are a certain way and so they need to learn to submit to men is rather he's talking about Christians are the kind of people who submit one to another, whatever their gender may be. So this is very important. Now, there's probably some women here are saying, well, that's fine, Steve. I still don't like this. I am not interested in this passage at at all. Uh, We have another friend uh, who was getting married, and it was actually her father who was... uh, uh, who is a pastor, he was performing at the wedding. And uh, the, uh, um, the woman that we knew who was getting married, she was very, very strong-willed. And she made it clear that she did not want this verse uh, anywhere in her wedding. And you guaranteed, you know what her husband, or not her husband, her father did. Her father made sure that in the vows, he stuck this verse in there to made her vow to uh, submit to her husband. And uh, she did, she vowed it in the wedding, but it never did actually happen. Uh, so uh, some, some people are just not going to like this verse, but I want you to understand a couple things as we, we wrestle with this. First of all, in the ancient world, no one would have addressed women and their roles at all, meaning uh, talking specifically to women. If there was an ancient writer who was interested in a situation in which uh, um, husbands are supposed to act a certain way and wives are supposed to act a certain way, they would only address the men because the men were the only ones worth addressing in the ancient understanding of how things went. And so if an ancient writer wanted to say something, they would say, okay, husbands, this is what you have to do. You need to make sure that your wives act like this, this, and this. And if they don't do that, these are the ways that you can make sure that they do it. And then they would just leave it at that. They would only speak to the men in terms of what they are supposed to do. 
But that's not what Paul does. Paul's actually pretty radical here. He gets his reputation of being anti-woman, but within the ancient context, he's actually very radical in some of the things that he does. So uh, there's two things we can get here. First of all, when he's addressing the women, like that by itself is is uh, very impressive that he would do that. But he's assuming that there are women present at the church. This letter is being read to the church, and he's not thinking that this is being read to the boys' club, right? He is assuming that this is a church made of men and women, husbands and wives, and that the wives deserve to be addressed and to be given guidance as to how they are supposed to live. It's not about uh, husbands, make sure your wives do this. It's rather, wives, this is what I am telling you, I am asking you to live in such a way. The second thing that we need to get out of this is that the wives are asked to submit uh, uh, just as the church submits to Christ. And implicit in that are, is the fact that wives are supposed to submit to their husbands in as much as they are Christ-like. When they are, husbands are living Christ-like, it is not a hard thing to, to do. But when, uh, what is not being said here is that any way a man wants to act, uh, to be uh, authoritative and uh, harsh and... Uh, 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 just anti-woman in, in many ways, uh, um, disrespectful. They just, you know, give into that. Just submit to that and, and receive whatever they have towards you. Uh, receive abuse. Receive uh, abuse, whether it's uh, physical or emotional. That is not what Paul is saying. It is assuming here that the husband is acting in a Christ-like manner. So that was the expectation for wives, but that's not the only thing that Paul says. He also addressed husbands. And when I first uh, knew about this passage, uh, most often when I heard it preached, I actually only heard the section about wives submit to your husbands, as if uh, Paul had nothing to say to the husbands. And if I anticipated what he would say to the husbands, I would have thought he would say, um, wives, submit to your husbands. Oh, and husbands, make sure that your wives submit to you. That's what I would have assumed that Paul would have said, based on the way this passage had been preached to me in years gone by. But that is not what Paul says. Paul says that the husband is to love their wife. Now, you might think, well, that's not fair. The wife has the hard role of submission and the husband gets the super easy rule of love. Like love just means, you know, sitting back, uh, having some warm affection for your wife and like, oh yeah, you know, I really appreciate her. Oh honey, could you get my slippers? Uh, you know, th- th- that's the kind of uh, thing that people are, are thinking that, that is being asked of, of the men. But the, the love that's being talked about here is not about feeling. Actually, uh, the feeling of romantic affection for one another is, is actually a fairly uh, modern expectation for relationships, especially for marriage relationships. Most often it was in the role and the context of duty. So it's not about feelings. And the model for the love is that which Christ gave. So we are to look not just at at how we might think a husband would love a wife, but we are to look at how Christ 
actually loved the church. And what was that kind of love? Was it a very authoritative role? Was it an abusive kind of love? Uh, a love that, that uh, made them do things that they didn't want to do and, and so on? We can actually ask this. How did Jesus demonstrate his love for the church? He demonstrated his love through his death. And here's a real important question to ask. Was Jesus overpowered by those who sought his death? Meaning, uh, did he have no choice in the matter? Were they more powerful than him so that he had no way to get out of the cross in, in any terms? Well, I would say, as the Son of God, and based on all the miracles that he had performed before, if he wanted to avoid the cross, he could have. Are we agreed on that? That he had the power to avoid the cross if he chose to. Since he agreed to go to the cross, what kind of love is that? That sounds like submissive love, doesn't it? Doesn't it sound like he submitted to the cross? And yet, for years, we have read this as the husband and wife doing something completely different towards each other, and yet men are supposed to love their wives as Christ loved the church, and he loved the church in a way in which he submitted his own rights. That is an amazing thing for us to to look at. As I uh, joked about, uh, the kind of love that uh, Jesus had for the cross is not or Jesus uh, had love for the church was not like a, a husband uh, leaning back in their uh, lazy boy uh, asking their, their wife to go fetch their slippers. The kind of love that he had was the one in which he would get down on his hands and knees and wash their feet. That's the kind of love that Jesus showed the church, and that's the kind of love that husbands are to show their wives. Now, I think that there are two reasons why this is important for us. And this is where I hope to bring it all together. First of all, this is important because healthy relationships are important. Healthy relationships between a husband and wife within families are extremely important. I have all kinds of roles in my life. I'm a pastor. I am a chaplain. I am a Bible teacher. I have all kinds of responsibilities. But I will tell you that the role that I have as a husband and a father, that is the one that weighs on me the heaviest, that I really have a sense of the responsibility that I have. It's the hardest job that I have. Uh, It is extremely rewarding, but it is the hardest job that I have. And so we need to be aware of what the Bible says about healthy relationships. But for those of you who are not in this kind of relationship, This passage is not silent to your needs because in this, what Paul is doing is giving us a glimpse of the relationship between the church and Christ. We are supposed to see both of these things happening. That in a healthy relationship between a husband and wife, we're seeing a picture of what the relationship between the church and Christ should be like. And in the same way, when we look at what the scriptures say about the relationship between the church and Christ, we are getting a picture of what a healthy relationship between a husband and wife looks like as well. It's kind of a circle, but you just jump into the circle and both of those feed off each other and promote something that is absolutely beautiful. So whether or not you are married today, I hope that you can see that there is something beautiful in this relationship 
that we as the church have for Christ. That we submit to Christ, but Christ loves us with a submissive love. And in the same way for those who are in a marriage relationship, yes, wives submit to their husbands, but husbands also love their wives with a submissive love. Let us pray. God, we thank you for the, uh, the teaching that Paul gives us, and not just about marriage relationships, but the relationship the church has to the Christ. Lord, we repent of ways in which this passage has been abused to enforce um, male dominance, uh, abusive authority, and many other terrible things. Uh, We ask for forgiveness for ever allowing that kind of thing to happen within your church. We pray, Lord, for the marriage relationships that are present, that they would reflect what is revealed in your word, and that for all of us, that we would have a reminder of how much Christ loved us, not just to enforce rules upon us as a church, but to submit his, himself to the cross, to demonstrate his love in such a way. May we see that example and respond by mutual submission one to another. In Christ's name, amen.